0: Hey, good morning everybody. This is Nicole Greer with Vibrant Coaching and it is so great to be on the Blog Talk Radio show with you this morning on... Friday, the 28th of August, and so everybody is back to school and we've got this last little bit of 2015 that lies ahead of us. And you know, the possibilities are out there. It's just our job to take what is possible and turn it into something that is probable through putting strategies, systems, and smarts in place. And I am going to give you our third installment of the Create series that Vibrant Coaching has put together. And the very, very beginning of the creativity process is putting a visioning process in place. So we have talked about brainstorming. We've talked about mind mapping. And so you've got a couple of tools in your toolbox now that you can use for the visioning process. But now I'm going to give you Strategies. I'm going to put three strategic perspectives to work in your life and your work. I'm going to give you a system that is six creative steps to the vision process, and then I'm going to give you this kind of cool concept called meeting your future self. So let's just jump right in. So visioning is the first thing you must do, and the number one technique if you want to live a vibrant life or you want to create a vibrant organization. You've got to give the people that work for you and yourself a compelling vision of what you want to have happen. Most people cannot go to work for you using their creativity and their innovation if they don't know where you're headed. So a vision informs your decisions. So if you lay out a vision for yourself, there are going to be decisions you make that align with that vision or derail it completely. So a vision informs your decisions. It helps you formulate the words that you need to be speaking in your life to others over your life. Uh, Once you start thinking and putting words in place, then your actions, you know, usually right in line, check, follow. And then ultimately your vision will give you the results that you want. Now, if you don't have a vision and you don't know where you want to go or where you're headed, you're going to get what I call this life that has things unfolding So life will start happening to you instead of you happening to your life. So let's take control uh, of the situations that we're in and put the vision process to work for us inside of those situations. So let's just define real quickly what a vibrant life is because that is like my core value. I really, really believe that people can live a really cool life, and a vibrant life is one that is full of energy. Um, There is a lot of excitement because it's, you know, this life where you're determining where you want to go, you're taking steps towards it, uh, learning, growing, and um, this interior enthusiasm starts to bubble up. I mean, you know, have you ever gotten good at something? Have you ever applied yourself to a process? And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. And so this welling up of enthusiasm uh, comes from the inside and you get what I call intrinsically motivated. And that is absolutely huge in this life is to be able to motivate yourself. You know, uh, as a speaker and a coach, I get asked to come into organizations all of the time. This is what I I do for a living. I speak, I do one-on-one coaching, collaborative coaching, and people say, "Oh, we want we need to get a motivational speaker in here to get everybody motivated." And that's a great idea. Call me. But here's the thing. I need to know the vision of your organization and where we're headed so that I can get people to imagine themselves inside of this vision. And then that's the job of the leaders, too. After the motivational speaker is out the door, you know, the leader has to become the motivational speaker. And again, you know, use this vision to inform your decisions, the words that you use, and your actions, which will ultimately result in the thing that you really, really want. Now, here's the thing about doing visioning, is that you're going to have to use your brain, And I know that sounds silly, but the reality is you're going to have to do some serious thinking. And our brains are kind of programmed. It depends on, you know, how... Uh, you know, ex- exciting a intellectual life you have. If you're learning all sorts of new things all the time, doing visioning work is not a problem. If you're a lifelong learner, visioning is not a problem. But if you've been kind of in a routine or in a rut, you know, doing visioning work is a little bit of heavy lifting. It's like getting in the gym after a you know extended period of time of not being in the gym. You're going to have to really start using that big brain, that muscle up there to figure out what your vision might look like. And so the first thing you're going to need to get that brain cooking uh, is a mental model. My very favorite mental model of all time is this mental model of willingness. And willingness is like this uncommon character trait uh, that you can begin to use today. You can begin to use on this character trait today. Um, And by way of definition, willingness is a frame of mind which is open to every possible demand without judgment reservation or refusal so this is a ginormous character trait to have but it's basically saying that you know if i say i want to change a part of my life i want to produce a vision of the future for a part of my life you're going to have to be willing to look at contemplate and take action on the things that are possible that make that vision probable so having this willingness is absolutely huge. And so if you think about, you know, your physical form, you've got, you know, your your body to help you do what you need to do. You've got your brain to help you do what you need to do. Uh, but on the inside, there's this thing called your will. And, you know, if they put you on an operating table and looked inside, uh, they wouldn't be able to locate your will. But we all know it's in there. It's this desire to, you know, take action and to move forward and to be someone who takes a risk. And so we really, really want to engage this thing of will. All right, so this number one visioning technique um, that you need to put in your life toolbox is really, really cool. And I read a book by Lucia Caccione, and she wrote a book called Visioning. And in this book, she states, vision is applied creativity. So that's why we started with our blog talk radio on brainstorming, you know, because we just wanted to kind of get the brain turned on, clicked on. Uh, in place and do some practice with the brain, then the next time we thought, okay, so if we get this brain cooking, how do we capture everything that starts to come? Because one of the very cool things about the creator is that he gave you this brain that if you get it cooking, wow, wow. It will really, really go to work for you. It is an amazing, amazing organ inside of your body. So, you know, once you get it cooking, it's like, oh my gosh, how do I capture this flood? And that's exactly what happens when you start getting your creativity going. You get this flood of ideas and, you know, concepts and things start to click and connect. And when that kind of stuff happens, you're going to need the mind mapping. So you've got those two tools in your toolbox, and now we're going to make it even more structured. So we went from this very loose format of brainstorming to a little bit more structured in the mind mapping, and now we're going to get a six-step process for your vision. So let's get started. So stage one is understanding a need that you have in your life. Okay, so for example, let's say you you know you feel like you have a need to get more education. So I have personally lived this one out. I just graduated from college in May, which is huge, and you know now I'm addicted and totally thinking about what I'm going to do for my master's degree. I'm going to hold off for two years, but uh, but really excited about that. So let's say that you have a need, like, I want to go to school, I want to go back to school. So you're going to choose a focus area. And so the first thing you might do is sit down and brainstorm, you know, what would I go back to school for? Or in the, in your case, you may know exactly what you want to go to school for. So you would choose a focus area, and you would look at that, and you would begin to say to yourself, Um, you know, what do I need to do in order to get myself back to school? And so the need would be that I need to get to school, so I need to understand who has the program I'm looking for. So the second step uh, that you do is you go to researching the need. But before we go there, we're going to ask ourselves some powerful questions in this first stage, understanding the need. And so that first question we want to ask is, what do I really want the outcome to be in this area? So, You know, when you're going back to school, it's got to be in service to something bigger than just going back to school. So, for example, in my case, I went to school uh, and got my degree, a business degree, because I work with tons of businesses. And I wanted to make sure that I was learning about leadership. You know, that's my sweet spot. That's kind of my little area of expertise that I speak about and I coach around. And so I did organizational development. So I looked at how do you take an organization and develop it into like this humming force for good in the world that, you know, creates income, provides jobs, and um, really switches the way that we look at the world and do some incredible things. So that's what I did. So you got to look at what is the outcome that I really, really want. So I wanted to go back to school because I wanted to, you know, really be a force for good inside of these organizations organizations that I serve. Okay, so it wasn't just like I need to get a four-year degree. It was I'm going to get this four-year degree, and it's going to help these group of people. And so you want to also think about, you know, in the understanding your need, what is my ideal situation? So in my case, when I went back to school, I had to really look at you know, what, how does my life need to be while I'm doing this process. And so I found a program that was partially online and a program where I only went to school, had to leave my building one night a week. Uh, so it was a little bit easier to handle with family and with the business that I run. So you've got to really look at your ideal because I will tell you the options and the possibilities out there are huge. So really, really get clear about what you want instead of approaching a process through this idea, this idea that, you know, I'm going to have to morph myself to the process. Um, there are so many different possibilities out there. Figure out your ideal first. So the answer to the question that you ask, what is my ideal, you've got to have it really charged with positivity and possibilities. The aim is to look at what could be, what should be, and why it's imperative. So you really want to get your head wrapped around the vision for anything with your ideal so that you know it when you see it. Because there will be some things out there that are pretty good, pretty good options. But if you haven't thought to the point of my ideal you might end up settling for less than what's available. So, really important, stage 1, understand the need. So, once you understand the need, now it's time to kind of do your research. And when Lucia wrote her book, she wrote about the fact that anybody who designs anything, you know, begins with designing for a need and then secondly goes out and looks out in the world for places, people, products that have already met this need before. So it gives you context to understand how you might meet the need or get your need met if you are out there looking around. So you've got to go out there and do your research. So the next step in the visioning process is to compile a collection of data, pictures, and ideas that support your outcome desired in stage one. So let me give you another example. I used my college choice, my decision, my need to go back to school uh, as my first example. But let me give you a second example. Um, right now, I am working kind of out of a home office. Uh, one of the things I do is I go and I meet my clients at their place of business, which is huge for them, saves them a lot of time, money, and energy. But you know, I have this little dream that I might have an actual brick-and-mortar building someday. And in that idea, you know, I have begun to compile data, pictures, and ideas that support this need for a place where maybe people might come to me and I would conduct training, uh, do my shine retreats, that kind of thing uh, in an environment where people would come to me. So I can start right now to envision what is my ideal place. Now, I don't have any plans in the short term to do this. But maybe in five years, ten years, Vibrant Coaching would have a brick-and-mortar business where people would come, do retreats, and have amazing experiences. Can you imagine? And so I'm going to begin now to play with this idea so i can figure out what would be the ideal i'm going to put my brain around what would the classrooms look like what would my office look like what would you know the exterior of the building be like what's the best location you know i want to get a vision of all that and so now i can begin to research the need so Another kind of good example is I'm working with a client who owns a yoga studio, and she is absolutely amazing, and we've been talking about what would be the ideal, you know, in five, ten years, you know, what would your yoga studio look like, and just really having a good time uh, thinking about what it would be like to have, like, a tea shop and retail and all sorts of cool things that she doesn't have right now, but if she doesn't start thinking about now and researching you know what the cost would be, what it would look like, what she wants. She's never going to be able to get there until she starts to figure all that out. So we are called at this point to, again, put together the data, the pictures, and the ideas and start collecting them. Now, one really easy way to do that, a tip for you, would be to go and have a Pinterest page. So if you're not on Pinterest, boy, what fun is Pinterest? You can go out there and take a look at... Uh, all sorts of images, icons, and gather ideas that help you put together and research what it is that you might want to do with regard to space, going back to school, uh, cooking dinner tonight, whatever your vision is, there are hundreds of pictures, thousands of pictures out there on Pinterest. And you can create a vision board right there. You can create a board and start pinning images, pictures, and data uh, to this board. Now, you can go more traditionally as well and do a physical vision board. Uh, I totally, totally suggest this. In fact, I'm sitting at my desk in my home office and I am looking directly at my vision board for 2015. And uh, it is, you know, inspiring every time I look up at it. In fact, after sitting across from it for, you know, eight months straight, uh, I can actually close my eyes and pull it up in my brain uh, as a visual that has been embedded into my mind uh, anytime I want to look at my vision board. So really, really powerful stuff. So on that vision board, It helps you create mock-ups of product or places or, um, you know, the way that you want your life to be in the future. Uh, It literally helps you, quote, unquote, see what it could look like. So like an architect creates, you know, like a rendering for a new structure, if you've ever built a home or ever looked at blueprints, when you create the vision board, you create a structure that informs your imagination, hey, this is what is to come. So step one, let's go back, make sure we know where we are, is to determine a need, a focus for the visioning process. And the second one is to literally go in and create and research the need. So I've given you two ways to do it, traditional vision board and with a Pinterest board. Now, stage three is now we're going to go back and we're going to connect the research we've done uh, with the need that we have. And so this is your next right step, creating a connection between the original vision and the research. And so now you're going to create a narrative. And this narrative is going to be so powerful. You're basically telling yourself a story of what the future looks like. And so in this case, the story of your future uh, would begin around, you know, for example, my client with the yoga studio. She could say, when people come and visit my yoga studio, they come up to the front walkway, and when they come to the front walkway, there are beautiful ceramic planters with beautiful um, tr- ficus trees in them with flowers and uh, vines that flow over the side of the ceramic containers, and it is welcoming and calming. You open the door, you step in, we can begin to say, it smells like this, it looks like this, it feels like this, and we start to put the story together. Then the Fourth thing is that, you know, this is what I see when I walk in. So when I walk in, to the right is a small cafe where they serve, you know, organic, you know, food and tea and coffee. And there are warm, inviting places for people to collect and gather before their coaching, before their coaching, before their yoga session. Well, oh, hey, that could work for the coaching too, couldn't it? And then they um, look around, and their eye takes in, oh, here's a shop where I can get everything I need. I can buy a mat, I can buy a towel, I can buy clothing. Everything I need for my yoga studio, for my yoga students, is right there. It is all hung up um you know very very well it's merchandised beautifully um and people are drawn into this area and then to the left is my registration area so you see she's you can really write out the story of what this looks like now here's what the thing i don't want you to miss do not miss this please please do not miss this is that when you write the narrative you've got a pen in your hand do this longhand first and you're writing it out Scientifically, it has been proven that when you handwrite out something, there is a connection between the tips of your finger and the top of your brain uh, that cement these words, these ideas, into your brain and allow you to pull them up again in the future. Then, once you have the handwritten, longhand version of your story, which is step number three, connecting the research to the need, um, you are then coming over and putting it into your computer uh, in your vision. And that would go, if if you work with me in a one-on-one client perspective, you know that there is a, a document that we work through called My Plan to Shine, and the vision statement is very much right at the top. So you would write this out, and then you start to share this with people. Okay, this is absolutely huge. Um, when you start to share the vision with people and tell them about your future and what you really want, you are now, uh, you know, like, like I like to say, slinging seed out there, uh, seeing what you can start to get to grow because you are telling people what you want um, planting it in their brain, if they see anything that relates to their vision, odds are your name will come to mind when they see it, and they may be just generous enough to let you know about the uh, opportunity, the resource, or the idea that they have that comes. Okay. So again, we're connecting the research to the need. So not on only are you taking these images that you've put together in stage two, and connecting them back to the need, getting very, very clear on how these images and this need are a match. The second thing is is you are connecting your hand to your brain, and the images and the words in the narrative are becoming real and cemented in your brain, and then you are typing it up, putting it in a formal document that guides you uh, where you're headed. So this is really, really huge. Now, I want to give you what I was calling earlier – the um, smarts, the takeaway, you know, how do I apply these concepts? Okay, so real quickly I want to give you three perspectives. So when you are connecting in stage three, actually this is a very huge stage, uh, connecting the research to the need, you're going to go out to the future and imagine what could be. And this is what we call an introspective in coaching. So you've gone out to the future and you've gotten an introspection. This is what it could look like. I've made my Pinterest board. I've made my vision board. And so this is what could be. Now you're going to turn around and look back to the present all right? And this is your second perspective, and it's called a retrospective. So you look back to the present and you say, if this is what I really want and this is where I am right now, what is going to need to happen for me to get to the future? And that retrospective helps you to release this flood of creativity. And this is where you'd want to brainstorm or use the mind mapping that we talked about in the first two sessions of the creativity series. All right? So you're like, okay, okay this is what I really want, what needs to happen. Just that question can totally kickstart the whole process. So we can brainstorm and mind map and figure out what are all the things that need to be done. Now when you're in the mind mapping and brainstorming process, you're actually in the third part of the meeting your future self, the third concept or the third uh, perspective, which is a prospective. So we've done an introspective, what do I want? retrospective, what needs to happen in order to make that happen? Now you start melding those two together, and this is where your willingness, your will kicks in. So it's like if you want to go back to school, you're going to have to go over to the university, get an appointment with the registrar or the person who is going to counsel you, and you're going to have to put it on your schedule, get in the vehicle, drive over there, sit down, figure out the money, Look at your schedule and get stuff cooking. And that is where your will kicks in, okay? So you've got this concept of meeting your future self and the three perspectives you're going to have to get in and then get yourself a to-do list. All right. So that is how you connect the research to the need as we start mapping out how we're actually going to get there. Now, stage four is to create objectives that support the vision, and those objectives would be things that can be measured, that you can support, drive, and create accountability around. So create measurements on how you will move forward using the four resources of money, time, energy, and your own personal human capital, or as I like to say, your talents. Okay, so now if I have this objective of you know going back to school or creating it you know getting a new space for my yoga studio or creating new space for Vibrant Coaching, I've got to put some measurements in place. And so you know if one of the measurements is around time, it could be I want to have this done in five years, right? So I got that. So that is something I'm going to measure. Look, I have a five year timeline now that I can start plugging. Strategy systems, and smarts into in order to get there. Um, I need to look at money. So if I want to have a brick-and-mortar building, I want to have one that looks like this. It's going to cost me X amount of dollars, so that means I need to increase my income inside of Vibrant Coaching by X amount of dollars in five years so that I can pay for this place. And I'm going to have to look at how much time will it take me to do that? Who is going to help me? And so I start to get really, really clear about the objectives, what needs to happen. Now, let's move on to stage five. Now, stage five is I want to create that memory of the future. So now is the time to step back from your vision board and your objectives and answer these questions. Who will be impacted by my vision? What is the reward if my vision becomes a reality? How is my community remarkably different if this vision comes true? And what does the achievement of this vision teach those who are impacted? Okay, those are a really good question, folks. Don't miss that. Okay? <laughs> Because here's the thing, you know, you can vision, you can go out, you can dream up all sorts of stuff, but if you don't have a really solid why and understand how this work you're about to do is going to have an impact, it will lose steam. It will not have the energy, it will not have the fuel behind it for you to engage your will. And so you've got to figure out why, right? So, if I am my client and I'm thinking about, I'm going to have this yoga studio and I'm going to have what like what Howard Schultz calls the third place where people go, who's impacted? So, man, look at that. I'm going to create a yoga studio where people come. They come there every day after work. It is their third place. They come there to de-stress from the day. So the people who, you know, experience my yoga facility. They are less stressed. They are happier. They are connected socially. They're in a community. And, you know, they are in a place where they are, you know, fed and become more whole. All right? So that's huge work in the world. Don't we need people doing work like this? Absolutely. So what is my reward if the vision becomes reality? You know, that I, you know, get to be in this place every day and this place, a place like this would bring me to life, right? So I would be living a joyous, happy, happy, happy life. You know, and how is my community different? Because I've created a third place, a safe haven, a place where people get distressed? You see what I mean? You're just building all this really, really great energy. So you've got to create memories of the future, what it looks like, um, and tell yourself some stories about who's impacted, what the rewards are, how your community is different, and how does this achievement affect those who are impacted. Then finally, stage six of the creativity process, the visioning process, is that you are going to have to move the vision from possibility to probability. So again, we're going to engage that will side of us, and share the vision with others and get feedback on your vision. Uh, you're going to start calling people and letting them know what you're up to and just, gosh, just watch the support come. Uh, when you are sharing your vision, you're going to get insights from people around you, and the more you talk about it, the more insights you will have. Uh, you'll be challenged, you'll be edified, and you'll be enlightened. So the vision technique, you know, you sticks these six steps are huge. Uh, I've given you a system here to learn how to vision. Uh, I've given you the three perspectives, the three strategies, the introspective, the retrospective, and the prospective. And I've invited you to meet your future self. Because in this process, you're going to find out who you can become as you're building this thing around you, this life around you, this vibrant life. So, This is the quintessential tool for your self-development toolbox. And with all of the issues, opportunities, and responsibilities that vie for your attention, it is imperative that you pull away, get in a safe space, and begin to vision so that you get clarity about what you see is possible. Uh, There's an ancient adage that warns us, without a vision, the people perish. And I do not want that for you. I want you to live a vibrant life. Hey, Join me on my website at www.thevibrantcoach.com. Find out about our one-on-one coaching, collaborative coaching, speaking. And, hey, I've got lots of cool speaking opportunities coming up. Check out my speaking page. You might come out and meet me. Uh, Lisa Barnett and Martha Allen are both taking new clients inside of Vibrant Coaching, and we are just having a ball over there. So check us out on all our social media and have a vibrant day.